mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the wokest of them all? <laughs> Are not the colonizers, and I've never said that um, because I feel like some people are getting my intentions mixed up. But my point is to say the Christians are not the colonizers, but they are the colonizers' alibi, or they've been used as the colonizers' alibi. And that phrase is not something I made up; it's something that I saw online on Wikipedia. Which, even though some people don't think it's a valid source, a lot of people do think it's a valid source because it is, in a certain kind of way, peer-reviewed. So if you don't believe me, go to um, Christianity and Colonization uh, Wikipedia page and read there um, what they said. And I'm not even going to even like make up stuff in this one. I'm just going to read the page for you for this video. Um, but first, let me set up. Uh, let me set up um, the Facebook. Um, um, let me just set up the Facebook live broadcast live I can always change the details of this video after I post it um, let me see okay cool I'm live um, so as, as I've said before many times before I'm a Christian I am not saying that there's anything wrong with the Bible. I'm not saying anything's wrong with Jesus Christ. Um, I'm not saying any of that stuff. I am a Christian, but Christians still have to be held accountable. Be even the Bible says so. You have to like be honest with yourselves. I think a lot of specifically white Christians, um, no, not even specifically white Christians. Let me take that. Let me just take that out of my mouth. But I feel like a lot of Christians don't, um, look for the truth. They just listen to either a pastor or some kind of a political leader. They uh, they confuse the actual what Christianity actually is. Majority of Christians do not read the Bible, so have no idea what they believe. They're just kind of sheep following somebody who's telling them what to do. Um, I am someone who. I'm not bragging, or I hope I'm not bragging, or this is not portrayed as bragging. And even if I have bad intentions towards me, I pray that God will remove those bad intentions. But I just want to let people know, for the sake of context, that I have read the entire Bible from cover to cover more than once. And I go to a Bible preaching church. Now I'm not really, I watch it online because it's because the church that's close to where I live and the people that I um, go to church with. I'm not really a fan of their church, but um, I do realize that. So, and I know that my the church that I attend to. I'm not really saying that you know I have to follow that church, but the fact that you know I still even the church that I go to I attend with uh, with you know I, I do question you know certain things and things like that. Like, but the other day, I believe that God speaks to each of us individually. Um, first, obviously, filter everything that you think God is saying to you through the through the, the Bible, because that's his voice and that shows his character. And you'll know um, if what you're saying or doing is is right. 
Um, but I, I think the message that God speaks to each of us is different for each person, because especially if you're in the United States, because each of us has a path that we're on. God is not telling everybody to go to another country and be a missionary. God is not telling everyone to work in a particular job. God is not telling everyone to become wealthy or rich or even stay poor and broke. Um, God is not telling everybody to live a particular way. God is not telling every, anybody, anybody who their political affiliation should be, or he may be, he might, but he's not telling people to vote in mass because this particular president will be a better president for his agenda. God is not saying that because God, honestly, I don't even think God has a political agenda. I think that the, you know, God has an agenda, but, um, you know, no matter who's in office, his agenda will still come to pass. That's my belief. But this is not about my beliefs. Um, even God could probably say all these things I've said, God is probably say something completely different to somebody else, depending on what he has planned for that person's life. So that's just a little bit of background on the way I view things, the way I view Christianity. Um, I think Christianity is, is a team sport on some levels, but the thing about it is like when you walk away from the group of people that you're, that you're, um, in communion with or in community with around Christianity, when you walk away from that group of people, you still have to be accountable to God. So you can't just say because the because the group is doing this, oh, that's my excuse. Because when you when you die, you die by yourself. When you were born, you were born by yourself. And when you stand before whoever is going to judge you at the end of your life, who well, I think is um, God, then uh, you're going to be by yourself. He's not going to be like, oh, what did Johnny tell you? Or what did your pastor tell you? Or what did da 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 He's not going to ask you any of those questions. And if you don't believe me, read the Bible. So now that all that is put out of, out of the, now that all that is put out there, um, you know, whether you're a Bible believer or not, let me just say that you need to, you need to, you are accountable for your own actions by yourself. Now, um, the purpose of this video is to talk about the link between Christianity and colonialism, because I feel like some people think that I'm under the false impression that they are the exact same thing. I am not saying that they're the exact same thing. I am saying that the, the, that a lot of Africans falsely believe that everything that white people do is for their good that everything that a foreigner does for them is for their good. And I want people to know, and I want especially Africans in Africa to know that you are a burden to the world. And I know that's gonna sound very harsh. I know it's gonna sound very controversial. I know people are gonna not like me, like to hear that. I know people are gonna turn off my video right now and be like, this girl is, is, is preaching crazy talk or anger, or this girl is some kind of black militant. I'm not, but I just want to, but it's, it's, it's a fact. I think in, 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 for some people who won't admit it, it's in the back of their minds. And I think for some people who, you know, but for some people who won't admit it, they're just living in a fairy tale and wanting to believe something that's not true. And a lot of people are getting hurt and a lot of people are being, are getting hurt by this misbelief, this misconception, misconception. But what this, what the whole purpose of this video and the whole purpose of the last couple of videos that I've made is just to let Africans in Africa know that you are a burden to the world. Africa is a burden to the world. They call it the white man's burden, but it really is the world's burden. People look at Africa, like there are people who are in need and they're just like, why are you always talking about Africa? There are people who are the ones who are the philanthropists and they're just like, oh my gosh, I can't wait for Africa to get it together. At the end of the day, you are the stepchild that is behaving badly. That's what Africa is like. Africa is like the stepchild 
because pretty much everyone's adopted, not a person in Africa, but like people are all adopting this burden of Africa. And they're like, what's the best way to help them? Blah, 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 blah. But some people are just like, man, these people are annoying. Let's just take advantage of them. And still yet the people, people are not inherently, the Bible says for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. People have bad inclinations unless something is preventing them from doing something, you know, the Holy Spirit or what have you, uh, encourages them, spurns them towards good behavior, um, they're not going to, or regulations or whatever you want to call it, um, spurs people towards good behavior. People are not going to, by default, do the right thing all the time. So um, people are not just being nice to Africans. People are not just giving to Africa. People are not just, there's always an intention behind it all. And the problem that I have and I'm seeing with a lot of people in Africa is they are not deciding for themselves what they want for themselves. They are walking and following like sheep, everyone else's agenda. And I'm, what I'm trying to say is that not everyone has the as good agenda for you. Not everyone wants your best, has your best interest in mind. Many of them don't even care about what your interests are. Many of them are, are thinking, oh, I think I know what's right for this person. But no one knows what's right for you except for, you know, I don't even want to, some people don't even know what's right for themselves. But what I want to say is, like, do your research, do your homework, learn, learn, learn. I don't know how what else to say is like, but learn. Like, politics, business, whatever it is that you're interested in, stop, get off of social media. Like if after you see this video, get off of social media. I personally go through periods of time where I'm just like, I cannot, I don't want to be on social media anymore. I have shut down my Facebook account so many times. I have, you know, taken down videos from YouTube because it's just like when you feel yourself becoming too addicted to something, people in Africa need to learn and realize that their the agenda of the world is not the same. It's not the, they don't have people don't have your best interest in have people have their own interests at, at heart. And unless you develop an interest, a communal a communal interest as well as a personal interest, um, as, until Africa's leaders have an agenda for Africa, which I don't believe that Africa's leaders do, they only have their only agenda is to catch up to the West. And I fully believe that. Catching up to the West is a stupid agenda because you are because if if you are forever chasing uh, somebody else to catch up to them, you will always be behind them because get catching up to them is your agenda. Um, so you will forever be chasing them. So you will always be behind them. But if you develop an agenda that is unique to you, that you personally are just like, okay, this is my vision. This is Atomatome for my particular community. This is what I have in mind for us. Then you will do what it takes to get to, to achieve that, to, to fulfill that. But a lot of Africans do not have an agenda for themselves. A lot of Africans don't even know like they're just like what well, what are white people doing today what are, what do they want for us what are they and they're not really thinking about themselves and i'm not saying this ignorantly i know a lot of africans i have african like relatives i'm african i'm african i'm like but i live in america and i happen to have the, the privilege of being of knowing a lot of white people from different backgrounds from europe from uh, here in the, you know, from here in the United States, we grew up here and things like that. And all I see 
from white people is just like, Africans are a burden. Like what they say it in different ways. Some of them are like, oh, well, we have to help Africans. Some of them are just like, oh my gosh, why are they all coming to our countries? Why don't they fix it? Some of them are straight up saying that they're ish hole countries, like they're poop crap hole countries, that they're toilets, basically saying. That's what they're saying. Africa is a toilet. And some Africans are even agreeing with them with without it in not a good way. So um my point is that like Africa, you are a burden to the world. African people, if you're listening to this, I don't know if you are, I honestly don't care if you are, but I will not die without saying it. You're a burden to the world. I've been around white people. I know a lot of white people and they all think you're a burden. Um, so get your ish together. Go read a book. Go read a book. I've tried, I've tried to do this in a nice way for a long time. I've tried to like just put out information. I've tried to just put out contests. I've even given away my own money. I don't have, I'm not wealthy. I'm not rich. I've tried to incentivize people to do the right thing, but people are still like looking for, for shortcuts. People are still chasing the West. And I'm like, don't chase the West. I'm not saying this to be mean. I'm just telling you, you're a burden. Um, let me read. Uh, so Cologne, Christianity and colonialism. The whole thing with Christianity and colonialism that I wanted to say, I, I'm sorry, I just vented. I just woke up. Um, I know I'm venting and I know some of this stuff is, is, is like hard to hear. Honestly, like right now I'm feeling like I don't care. I just want to say it because it's like in my, it's like in, it's like, I'm like, I've been itching to, to say it. And I've been very angry for the last couple of days. And maybe the anger is not justified. Maybe I'll regret saying this later. I don't know. But in this moment, I don't care. Like, I really don't care. I'm almost angry at Africans right now because I feel like y'all aren't getting it. Um, I don't care. Um, my whole thing with Christianity and colonialism is, I mean, like really get yourself together, learn your language, develop your own stuff, read. You can read Western books. There's a lot of free resources out there. There are a lot of accessible resources out there for Africans. There are textbooks. There are entire courses on the internet that you can learn anything you freaking want to do. Figure it out. Figure out the figure out what subject you want to learn. If you want to be an app developer, if you want to make apps, if you want to make movies, if you want to make, you know, um, if you want to build, um, you know, something that's very specific to you, like, a, you know, electricity generator, whatever, something that particularly you and your community need. If you whatever you want to learn, it's out there. The information is out there. Go get it. Figure it out because people are tired of you. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm angry right now. Um, so the whole point of this is just to say Christianity and colonialism are not the same thing, but but Christianity has been colonialism's alibi. Um, somebody was arguing with me, an, uh, an African um, in Africa was arguing with me um, about the whole, about my statement yesterday because I posted an image on Instagram that said if Christianity, uh, if colonial, if co colonists wanted to, um, if colonists wanted Africans to, uh, if colonists came to Africa to civilize the savages, why did they translate the Bible and not textbooks? And so somebody decided that they were gonna have this whole like debate with me about something that I already know. The only thing they kept saying is stuff that I already know, which is that Christianity was given to, the, the what they kept saying was that Christianity Excuse me. What they kept saying was that Christianity is. Um, what the person kept saying is that Christianity is. Um, 
what do they say? Oh, that the Bible was translated into a whole bunch of different languages and stuff like that. And and I know that already. I'm a Christian. Like I told you, I've read the Bible. I've read the entire Bible cover to cover. I'm pretty sure that mo that most people cannot say that they've done that. Most people do not know who God is. Like they can, they walk around saying that they're a Christian. They have no idea who God is. So, um, so I, I'm 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 aware. I know that the Bible is translated into a lot of country. I know that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I just do. Um, you know, I may have my doubts sometimes, but you know, that doesn't stop me from every time I need, you know, something, you know, I, I, when, whenever I go back and I'm looking for my rock or whenever, you know, I've had a lucid moment of just like, you know, I, at the end of the day, I, I confess Jesus Christ, but people sometimes think when I say certain things, it's like, if you do, it's almost like if you don't agree that white people are good, then all of a sudden you're not a Christian anymore. Because people are associating white people with Christianity, and that's not the case. A lot of people in the West are not even Christian. A lot of them have have gone have 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 walked away from Christianity because of this history that people are going around uh, associating colonization and all that stuff with Christianity. And so this video is really meant to dispel the myth of the you know, the Christian colon, uh, Christian colonizer or the colonizing Christian or, you know, whatever, however you want to put it. Um, or the, it's, it's here to dispel the myth, but it's also here to hold Christians accountable for, um, for their role in colonization. Um, or at least their role in the way that the conversation has been, has, has happened around colonization. Um, and things of that nature. So let me just, and also their role in the actual act of colonization. Um, but let's just be honest with ourselves from now on. Um, I know that people are not going to. I know I don't. I don't do my social media life in the in the most, you know, I don't know what the word is, productive way. I know there are a lot of people who go out of their way to make beautiful videos with like cartoons and stuff like that to make it interesting for people. But I don't have time for that. I think most people, most intelligent, hardworking, the billionaires. Do you see Bill Gates making cartoons? for your benefit? No. So maybe people should realize, which is a stupid statement because people are going to do what they want to do anyway. But I think people should really look for the truth and not, not wait. And this is the problem with Africa. This is the problem with human beings, with unintelligent people. Stop waiting for people to spoon feed things to you. Just because something is easy for you and enjoyable for you doesn't mean it's the right thing. Doesn't mean it's right for you. Just because somebody is able to make something look pretty doesn't mean they're the most legitimate source. There are a lot of people who learn how to make things look, make things more appealing and more digestible and sweeter for you who are only doing that so you'll take it. But at the end of the day, they have bad intentions in mind. Look for what is right. Look for what is good. But first, before you even do that, you have to know what is right and know what is good. You can't just go out there and expect people to spoon feed you the right things because they have your best intention at heart. Let me tell you this right now to dispel all those rules. Nobody has your best intention in mind. Nobody gives a crap about you. Nobody cares about you. You have to know what's right for yourself. And then if once you know what's right for yourself, that is by that, I mean what you want to achieve in life, what you want to get out of life, what you want to get out of any situation. Once you know what that is, then you're able to make a smart decision about the thing that you are willing to do and the thing that you are willing to accept out of that situation. 
You cannot depend on a, the kindness of strangers. You cannot depend on the kindness of other people to know or to even give care at all what you what what is good for you. People don't know what people don't care. Anyway, um, let me get into the Christianity and colonization thing because I could go on and on about this. I'm just angry today because I feel like people are just walking around thinking that everybody wants to serve them. The thing about it is a lot of people are, there are a lot of really good people in the world who try to do good things for people because they, because they feel like it makes them a good person, which is fine. But at the end of the day, you have to even question that because that person clearly has a thing that they identify as good. They understand certain things as being a good thing. So they're only going to, they're going to do those things that they believe are good, but do is what they they think is good is that good for you so that's all i'm saying know what is know what you are willing to accept and tolerate and then you know accept and 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 um anyway let me go into this christianity and colonization thing so christianity and colonialism if you go on wikipedia wikipedia has a uh, um a page about christianity and colonialism and uh i'm going to go ahead and read that so it's, I'm just going to read it. I'm not going to, I mean, I might stop and say some things, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to, everything I say is going to be based off of this article because it's, I believe it's a, uh, an unbiased source. At least they try to make it as unbiased as possible, but you know, you can only understand so much, but based on the facts that they put in here, because they will put facts in here. They'll say that this and this and this, this person said that. They'll say that somebody specifically said this statement or somebody else specifically did this. And so you know what the source of that information is from. They'll put little links and stuff like that. So you know what the source of that information is. And you want, or you're not just taking somebody's opinion. It's not that somebody's saying something and then all of a sudden you just have to believe it. It's actually like, okay, this is who said that. This is when that happened. You know, And so that's the part about Wikipedia that makes it a little bit less biased than a lot of other sources. This baby is crying and I feel like I have to go. But his mother is downstairs. I don't understand. He's crying so hard. And I, I really want to go downstairs, but I don't want to just turn off this. His mother is downstairs. She might know what's going on. <clears throat> um, so Christianity and colonialism are often closely associated be because Catholicism and Protestantism Protestantism were the religions of the European colonial powers and acted in many ways as the religious arm of those powers. According to Edward Andrews, Christian missionaries were initially portrayed as visible saints, exemplars of ideal piety in a sea of persistent savagery. However, by the time the colonial era drew to a close in the last half of the 12th, 20th century, Missionaries became viewed as ideological shock troops for colonial invasion whose zealotry blinded them. Colonialism's agent, scribe, and moral alibi. And because a lot of my, my viewers are African, I'm not expecting them to understand some of these metaphors that are being used. Because even as much as many of them do understand English, 
a lot of nuances of the English language escape some, some Africans because of the fact that a lot of Africans engage with each other either in native languages or in broken English or pidgin English and stuff like that. So no matter how much they want to say they understand English, a lot of Africans can, some of the nuances of the English language can sometimes, or like advanced words, like big words, can sometimes confuse Africans. So don't be offended. Be honest with yourself if you don't understand something, because that will help you to learn, learn more. Um, so I'm not insulting anybody. I'm just saying what I've noticed. Um, so let me just say, when they say that Christ, uh, missionaries often act, often became viewed as the ideological shock troops. A shock troop has a lot to do with um, someone who think of think about if you are a if you are herding cattle and you have to actually I'm just going to read the like you have to like prod them along like help people move along. Let me read this here. It says. It's a shock troop is military unit, um, which is like, it's like an assault troop as formation. So they lead an attack. They are often better trained and equipped than other infantry, blah, 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 blah. Um, so this is what a shock troop does. They will penetrate through enemy defenses and attack its enemy's vulnerable rear areas. So they're pretty much saying that missionaries oftentimes were by the end of colonization, when it was coming to an end, the people kind of saw the missionaries as these kind of the the agents of colonization that got into the people, got into places in the um, in the, uh, the in the in these colonial areas that the that the political uh, factions could not get to. So it's like while the colonizers were kind of breaking you down physically the um the missionaries became those people who would work on you mentally and emotionally so that's what they're saying so they're saying that at the beginning of the of the colonial era the missionaries were the visible saints and ideal pillars in the in the sea of persistent savagery so they were considered to be the ones that were doing the good of everything and they were doing the right thing. But then towards the end of colonialism, they became these agents of evil. They slowly started becoming the people who kind of like their zealotry, their goal of, you know, civilizing whatever they thought that they were doing with Christianity in the in Africa. Um, they were so blinded by that agenda that they would do anything. They became, like they said at the end of the sentence, colonialism's agent, scribe, writing, and moral alibi. They became the excuse. Oh, this is what we're here for. We're here to, you know, um, you know, spread this ideal doctrine of love and everything like that. And so people will not be eating each other or whatever they thought Africans were doing. Um, and that th this became their alibi. An alibi in English means somebody who, for example, if you murder someone, or if someone thinks that you did something wrong, your alibi is that thing that they that tells you, where, oh, I wasn't at the scene of the crime. I was, you know, somebody who is your alibi will say, oh yeah, they were with me. They couldn't have done it because they were with me. So now they're saying that Christianity was their alibi. Christianity was the was something that they could say, well, we didn't come there to, you know 
take over and take their money and take their resources. We came there to civilize them and make them, you know, better people and see, look, we brought Christianity. So um, that's what this means, their moral alibi. Um, so the next paragraph says Christianity is targeted by critics of colonialism because the tenets of the religion were used to justify the actions of colonists. For example, Toyin Balola asserts that there were some missionaries who believed that the agenda of colonialism in Africa was similar to that of Christianity. Similar to that of Christianity is what she said, not me. Um, but I'm not saying that, I am not saying that. But anyway, let me read what Falola says. Falola cites Jan H. Bohr of the Sudan United Mission as saying, colonialism is a form of imperialism based on a divine mandate and designed to bring liberation, spiritual, cultural, economic, and political by sharing the blessings of, of Christ, inspired civilization of the West with a people suffering under satanic oppression, ignorance, and disease affected by a combination of political, economic, and religious forces that cooperate under a regime seeking the benefit of both ruler and ruled. Edward Andrews writes, historians have traditionally looked at Christian missionaries in one of two ways. The first church historian to catalog missionary history provided hagiographic descriptions of, the, of the tri their trials, successes, and sometimes even martyrdom. I do not know what hagiographic means and I'm not gonna look it up. Missionaries were thus visible saints, exemplars of ideal piety in a sea of persistent savagery. However, by the middle of the 20th century, an era marked by civil rights movements, anti-colonialism, and growing secularization, missionaries were viewed quite differently. Instead of godly martyrs, historians, now describe missionaries as arrogant and rapacious imperialists. Christianity became not a saving grace, but a monolithic and aggressive force that missionaries imposed upon defiant natives. Indeed, missionaries were now understood as important agents in the ever expanding nation state or ideological shock troops for colonial invasion whose zealotry blinded them. Now, as I'm reading this, I'm even hoping that I'm not disobeying the Bible where it says, you know, um, I think the Bible says something about not speaking ill of men of God. Look, I am not trying to speak ill of men of God, but I'm trying to help people understand because I'm seeing too many people, too many people suffering at the hands of, or at the head of false ideals about Christianity. Too many people suffering um, for mis by, by misinterpreting not only the Bible, but actions of supposed Christians. Um, and I'm seeing too much suffering at that because of that. So that's the only reason I'm doing this. I hope people don't think, anyway, I, let's continue. According to Jake Meter, some Christians have tried to make sense of post-colonial Christianity by renouncing practically everything about the Christianity of the colonizers. They reasoned that if the colonialists understanding of Christianity could be used to justify rape, murder, which is, these are things that happened, theft and, and empire, then their understanding of Christianity is completely wrong, i.e. the colonists' understanding of Christianity was wrong, and that's what allowed them to be able to do these things. So therefore, they're justifying, oh, Christianity is not bad. It's the people who didn't understand Christianity who were doing those things in the name of Christianity that were bad. According to Laman Sanet, much of the standard 
Western scholarship on Christian missions proceeds by looking at the motives of individual missionaries and concludes by faulting the entire missionary enterprise as being part of the machinery of Western cultural imperialism. As an alternative to, the, to this view, Sané presents a different perspective, arguing that missions in the modern era have been far more and far less than the argument about motives customarily portrayed. Michael Wood asserts, and, and this is one thing, I really believe that people should think for themselves. If this information is not helpful to you, turn off the video, go do something else, go learn a skill, go learn a trade or whatever. I'm not trying to rally anybody around myself. I'm not trying to start some kind of charge troop against imperialism, colonialism uh, missions, but I feel like it's important for me and my sanity to get to the truth. And if anyone else feels that way, and if anyone else feels that this is helpful to them, please keep watching. But if it, you don't think it's helpful to you, I, have, I will not be offended if you keep going and move on from this video. Continuing, Michael Wood asserts that the indigenous people were not considered to be human beings and that the colonizers were shaped by centuries of ethnocentrism and Christian monotheism, which espoused one truth, one time, and version of reality. One truth, one time, over and over again. Uh, moving on, Age of Discovery. During the Age of Discovery, the Catholic Church inaugurated a major effort to spread Christianity in the New World and to convert the Native Americans, this is, we're talking about America now, and other indigenous peoples. By the way, Native Americans who in America are now being, um, uh, you know, even more increasingly, um, um, what's the word, like suppressed and oppressed in America. Um, if you look up the Standing Rock, um, what's going on over there, um, where they're trying to shove oil pipelines through sacred lands, like sacred Native Americans, and people say Native Americans, but these are people who were here before before it was, America was invaded by white colonists. Their their numbers are dwindling. There's very few of them left. Many of them are on these kind of concentration camps, AKA reservations. And um, now, and then just last year, um, last year or so, like, uh, I don't remember when, but people were trying, the Keystone pipeline, people were shoving pipelines through that area um, that was very sacred to them. And they were like, we're trying to preserve this land. This is our sacred land. And they wanted to put oil pipelines through it. And it's like these people have no no rights to say that we don't want that to happen on our land. And these are people who lived there originally. Like this is their country. This is their land. They were they were they were here first. And um, my biggest fear is that something like that will happen in Africa. They'll be like, you know what, f black Africans. You guys never learned anything. And so we're gonna do whatever we want to you because you basically you're not smart enough to do things for yourselves. We, you need us. So now we're going to do what we want to do because you've given us permission. You've given us license to do whatever we want here by your silence and your ignorance. You're, you are giving us, you're consenting to us doing this to you. And that is something that is very, very possible, more possible than a lot of Africans realize. So let me continue. During the age of discovery, the Catholic Church inaugurated a major effort to spread Christianity in the New World and convert the Native Americans and other indigenous people. The missionary effort was a major part of and partial justification for the colonial efforts of European powers such as Spain, France, and Portugal. 
Christian missions to the indigenous people ran hand in hand with the colonial efforts of Catholic nations. In the Americas and other colonies in Asia and Africa, most missions were run by religious orders, such as the Augustinians, Franciscans, Jesuits, and Dominicans. In both Portugal and Spain, religion was a, by the way, Portugal is one of the worst, uh, the most racist countries ever. In, in both Portugal and Spain, religion was an integral part of the state and evangelization was seen as having both secular and spiritual benefits. Wherever these powers attempted to expand their territories of influence or influence, missionaries would soon follow. By the Treaty of Tordesillas, the two powers divided the world between them into exclusive spheres of influence, trade, and colonization. The Roman, the Roman, Catholic, the Roman Catholic world order was challenged by the Netherlands and England. Theoretically, it was repudiated by Grotius Mare Liber, Liberum. Portugal and Spain's colonial policies were also challenged by the Roman Catholic Church itself. The Vatican founded the Congre Congregatio de Propaganda Fide in 1622 and attempted to separate the churches from the influence of the Iberian kingdoms. I'm sorry, my brain is so, is so somewhere else that I didn't even understand what that said. Religion was an integral part of the state and evangelization was seen as having both secular and spiritual benefits. Wherever these powers attempted to expand their territories or influence, missionaries would soon follow. Um, it looks like it, for Spain and Portugal, um, missionary mi having missionaries there was very important to them in the process of colonization. So they encouraged colonization, they encouraged the missionaries uh, because of their influence um, and their ability to help with the colon colonization process, um, which is an interesting thing because some people don't, um, you know, people say stuff like that and you think that they're being radical, but it looks like there was actually an active thing. But it was Portugal and Spain, and as we know, there were many other countries involved and not all of them had the same practices as Portugal and Spain. Americas, Jan van Boetselaar writes that, writes that of, for Prince Henry, the navigator and his contemporaries, the colonial enterprise was based on the necessary necessity to develop European commerce and the obligation to propagate the Christian faith. Christian leaders and Christian doctrines have been accused of justifying and perpetrating violence against the Native Americans found in the New World. Spanish missionaries. Adrian Van Oss wrote, if we had to choose a single irreducible underlying Spanish colonialism in the New World, it would undoubtedly be the propagation of the Catholic faith. If we had a single irreducible idea underlying the Spanish colon colonialism in the New World, um, it would undoubtedly be the propagation of the Catholic faith. Unlike such other Europeans as in, European as England or the Netherlands, Spain insisted on converting the natives of the lands it conquered to its state religion. Miraculously, it succeeded. Introduced in the context of Iberian expansionism, Catholicism outlived the empire itself and continues to thrive, not as an anchor, anachronistic vestige among the elite, but as a vital current even in the remote mountain villages. Catholicism remains the principal colonial heritage of Spain in America. More than any set of economic relationships with the outside world, more even than the language first brought to the America's shore in 1492. 
the Catholic religion continues to permeate Spanish American culture today, creating an overriding cultural unity which transcends the political and national boundaries dividing the continent. The Spaniards were committed by Vatican decree to convert the New World indigenous subjects. When they say New World, they mean America to Catholicism. However, often initial efforts were questionably successful as the indigenous people added Catholicism into their longstanding traditional ceremonies and beliefs. So they weren't always completely converted. They would add the Christianity into their already, what they already had. And that's that makes sense because it's like, if you lived a certain way for most of your life, it's gonna be hard for you to completely convert. But I think it was enough for them to get that because it's like, you know, eventually they will know the truth. Eventually they'll understand the rest of it. As long as they are, they understand part of it, they can understand the rest of it later. I guess that might've been the justification in people's minds. Then the many native expressions, forms, practices, and items of art could be considered idolatry and prohibited or destroyed by Spanish missionaries, military, and civilians. This included religious items, sculptures, and jewelry made of gold and or silver, which were melted down before the shipment to Spain. Though the Spanish did not impose their language to the extent they did their religion, some indigenous languages of the Americas evolved into replacement with Spanish and lost to present day tribal members. When more efficient, they did evangelize in native languages, introduced writing systems to the Quechua, Nahuati, and Guarani peoples, many may have contributed to their expansion. In the early years, most mission work and undertaken was undertaken by the religious orders. Over time, it was intended that a normal church structure would be established in the mission areas. The process began with the formation of special jurisdictions known as apostolic prefectures and apostolic vic vicariates. Some of these words I don't even understand. I'm not going to look them up right now. It's too, will take too much. Uh, in this video, I'm, it's already long. These developing churches eventually graduated to regular diocesan struct status with dioceses. Oh, I don't have time to explain that. I know what that is though. Uh, with the appropriate, with the appointment of a local bishop. After decolonization, the process increased in pace as church structures altered to reflect more political administrative realities. Ralph Bauer describes the Franciscan missionaries as having been unequivocally committed to Spanish imperialism, condoning the violence and coercion of the conquest as the only viable method of bringing American natives under the saving rule of Christianity. Jordan writes, the catastrophe of Spanish America's rape at the hand of the conquistadors remains one of the most potent and pungent examples in the entire history of human conquest of the wanton destruction of one culture by another in the name of religion. Antonio de Montesinos, a Dominican friar on the island of Hispaniola, was the first member of the clergy to publicly denounce all forms of enslavement and oppression of the indigenous peoples of the Americas. Theologians such as Francisco de Vitoria and Bartolome de las Casas drew up the theological and philosophical basis for the defense of the human rights of the colonized native populations, thus creating the basis of international law regulating the relationships between nations. French missions. The French colonial effort began later than that of the Spanish or Portuguese. Hawaii, the French incident, 
Under the rule of Kahuamanu, the, main, the newly converted Protestants widow of Kamehameha the Great, Catholicism was illegal in the whole in Hawaii and chief loyal, chiefs loyal to her forcibly deported French priests onto the Artemis. Native Hawaiian Catholic converts were imprisoned and Protestant missionary ministers ordered them to be tortured. The prejudice against the French Catholic missionaries remained the same under the reign of the successor, the Kuhina Nui Gahumanu II. In 1839, Captain Laplace of the French frigate Artemis sailed to Hawaii under orders to destroy the malevolent impression. This is a quote. Destroy the malevolent impression which you find established to the detriment of the French name. To rectify the erroneous opinion which has been created as to the power of France, and to make it well understood that it would be to the advantage of the chiefs of those islands of the ocean to conduct themselves in such a manner as not to incur the wrath of France. You will exact, if necessary, with all the force that is yours to use complete reparation for the wrongs which have been committed, and you will not quit those places until you have left in all minds a solid and lasting impression. Asia and the Far East. Christian missionaries have mixed success in the Far East. After initial success in Japan, the government cracked and destroyed the Christian missions. They never recovered. In China, there was limited success in some places. In India, the British missionaries were often in conflict with British administration, administrators and businessmen. Missionaries had moderate success among the, among the scheduled classes. In French-controlled Vietnam and a Japanese-controlled Korea, the Christian missionaries had significant successes in terms of membership. Christianity had a more subtle effect, reaching far beyond the converted population to potential modernizers. The introduction of European medicine was especially important, as well as the introduction of European political practices and ideals, ideals such as religious liberty, mass education, mass printing. These are um, European ideals, by the way, religious liberty, mass education, mass printing, newspapers, voluntary organizations, colonial reforms, and especially liberal democracy. So those things are not Christian. Those are, you know, European. And um, it seems like that was more appealing to people than the Christianity, but it allowed, it made Christianity more, you know, when you tie the two Christianity with the, with those organized and advanced practices together, um, people can swallow it better. And sometimes the vice versa is the case. Africa. Um, Christian evangelists were intimately involved in the colonial process in Southern Africa. The Portuguese sent missions to Africa. In the mid 19th century, Protestant missions were engaged in active missionary work on the Guinea coast in South Africa and in Zanzibar dominions. Missionaries visited little known regions and peoples, and in many instances became explorers and pioneers of trade and empire. David Livingston, a Scottish missionary, had been engaged since 1840 in work north of the Orange River. According to Heather Sharkey, the real impact of the activities of the missionaries is still a topic open to debate in academia today. Sharkey asserted that the missionaries played manifold roles in colonial Africa and stimulated forms of cultural, political, and religious change. 
Historians still debate the nature of the impact and question their relation to the system of European colonialism in the continent. According to Sharkey, some observers believe that the missionaries did great good in Africa, providing crucial social services, such as education and health care, that would have otherwise not been available to the Africans. Sharkey said that the, the soci in societies that were traditionally male-dominated, female missionaries provided women in Africa with health care, knowledge, and basic education. I find it very interesting that in every other part of the world, it was clear what the impact, like the description about the impact of missionaries and what they were doing in those areas was very clear. They literally would tell you exactly what the impact was, what happened, who were the good guys, who were the bad guys, you know, what, what they, in very concrete terms. But when they came to Africa, it's like, it's unclear. We're not sure yet. I don't know why that is. I have suspicions. I have doubts. I have uh, you know, theories, but I'm not going to say them because, and I think it's maybe that's what's happening here as well, but it's just sad to me the way Africa's relationship is with the rest of the world. I'll leave it at that. And I will also leave this video at that. I think I really want to check on, see why the baby was crying. And I also um, am very hungry. I haven't had breakfast yet. So as always, blossom where you're planted. Have a good day.